Welcome to Pulp Fliction, the top five series. We are counting down this week in honor of Fantastic Four being rebooted and remade just a few years after it was originally rebooted and remade. Our top five remakes or reboots of all time here on Pulp Fliction. Uh, we're going to go around the table and each of us starting with number five, count down from five to one, our favorite remakes of all time. Jacob. Well, first things first. Do we have any stipulations this week? I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. Okay, it was interesting. I I, I went through every remake reboot ever done. Here is my only stipulation. Just for this list in particular, I didn't include comic book series. I know that's funny because we're doing it in honor of Fantastic Four. The reason being. I felt like my list would have been almost all, all comic book all movies. Spider-Man. Well, the, well, you got the Amazing Spider-Man. You had the Batman series. You got the Hulk. You got X-Men. Anyways, I mean, and that'd be fine if you guys used them, but I didn't for that reason. Also, because I felt like it's it's almost like James Bond, where you could use that, or Sherlock Holmes, but it's almost like this ongoing series. I think all the those will just be kind of ongoing series yep. forever. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, well, these are just ongoing. I won't even really include these as, as reboots. It's a very good point. And I think it may have crossed my mind on a couple, but not for one movie in particular. And you'll understand why when I bring it up. But that's a good point. I think the only thing... Well, I wanted to make stipulations. There ended up not being any because I was hoping to have seen the original. Mm -hmm. And then, you compare know, that way it. I can compare it to which one right. was maybe better or whatever. Um, I don't think it matters either way. Right, yeah, I don't think um, so. And uh, what was the other the other part? Oh, well, I just want to kind of bring up, we really kind of wanted to do the worst reboots. Yes. But as it turns out, I have not seen very many of them because I usually had heard that they were terrible or had no <laughs> desire to see them. Whereas I know you two probably could have seen, especially these horror movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, no. you know, that would have been a lot more fun conversation probably. Yeah, well, um, I would have had a lot of fun. And it would have been a lot different than what we've done before or so far. But uh, I just haven't seen anything. Maybe like yeah. three or four. Or maybe a little bit more than that. But if it was, it was probably would have been just just five. And so that's not really fun for me for a top list. But I just wanted to bring that up. And we'll actually we'll, we can bring them up later if there's any off the top of your head. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's some pretty terrible ones. And I do think absolutely we need to at some point have a top five like worst of list. Just movies we can rip into. Oh yeah, we'd love like, to do like that. We've done so much praising. It'd be fun to like get some that we just rip into. Uh, did you have any other stipulations we didn't bring up, Rachel? I also did not do comic book movies, but not because of that reason, just because we've already kind of covered that. And I'm trying to make sure my list kind of stay fresh. I also did include a couple just for variety's sake, because I'm sure that they'll be on Brandon's list. So gotcha. just, just for variety's sake. But when you say them, I'll be like, yeah, that was my number one. <laughs> I know that your number one is probably my number one as well, so... Just for variety's sake, I, I mixed it up. Okay. All right. Well, now I'm curious to see. I All actually right. think I know what those are. That is, by the way. Oh, really? Um, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. All right, Jacob, your number five favorite remake or reboot of all time. My number five favorite movie of all time, favorite <laughs> movie <laughs> reboot of all time is number... F <laughs> You're editing yourself later. It's okay. And we all remember our own mistakes the most. You'll remember. <laughs> My what favorite complete, honk. What a complete catastrophe. <laughs> My favorite therapeutic balls of all time. <laughs> all right, let's try that one again. 
right, my number five movie is uh, 2010 True Grit, uh, directed by the Coen Brothers, starring Jeff Bridges, Haley Steinfeld, who I thought was really good in it for she a was. newcomer, yeah. Matt Damon and Josh Brolin. Um, I actually have seen the original on this, mm-hmm. uh, made in 1969, starring John Wayne mm-hmm. and other people I don't know because I wasn't around then. You were, so what, do you have an opinion on that? No. <laughs> Yeah, Coen Brothers' version is pro- is better. It's just more up to date. The way their style of directing movies, um, it's just a lot of fun. Especially how they can always still find a way to add humor in serious situations. But I did say the one with John Wayne one is a great one. Have you two seen it? I, I've seen both of them. I this is gonna maybe a surprise. I actually prefer the John Wayne version. I don't. I'm with Jacob on this. Yeah, I, I like mean, it's hard. I, mean, I, I like John Wayne. I can't say I've seen all of his movies, but he's, he's John Wayne. So it was just so dated. Yeah. I, I, it's just really dated. Not that it's not and a good movie, but... It, it, maybe it was just because we don't get westerns that much anymore. And so be. it's nice to have a western again. That's, again, why we're, maybe some of us are excited about Hateful Eight, or maybe I, because I love Django Unchained. You know, it's just nice to have a new western. Yeah. Well, and but, it also might be a case of, I saw the remake before the original. And yeah. sometimes just the first one you see is the one that you prefer. That's true. So Yeah, I, I I saw the original first. And and I don't know, to me, like John Wayne was that character. And Jeff Bridges is great. Jeff Bridges is a much better actor than John Wayne. Much better actor. But John Wayne, uh, That's this a was... a bold statement. John Wayne's a good actor, but, but he's... <laughs> but, but he's John Wayne. But he's John Wayne. I can see he can be John kind Wayne. of but one-dimensional. I think, yeah, yeah, but I think for this particular character, as good as Jeff Bridges was, John Wayne was, was better to me in this role because he was more convincing because it's... More of what he, he was does. a more fun character. That's for yeah, sure. He as far was. as Rooster Cogburn is yes. concerned, yeah. you know more. I mean, <laughs> gritty if you want to call it that. Yeah, it's, and it seemed more of a drunk than John Wayne. I don't know. It's hard to say because they're they were two different, you know, Rooster Cogburns. Do y'all know if this is based off of a book? I'm guessing that it was, but I really I'm don't know sure. the answer to that either know. way. Because I'm curious, curious. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> but I'm curious to know podcast. how Rooster Cogburn is written. So anyway, but. The Coen Brothers with me can go up and down sometimes, and this Same is here. one where I really enjoyed it. And actually, you know, in 2010, there were a lot of good movies that came out this year. I think Winner's Bone, uh, that was a social network, and yes. King's Speech as well. And uh, it's crazy that True Grit was like probably like around like the seven or eight area. That's how many mm-hmm. good movies were that year. I think that's right. But it's still a very, very good movie, and if you haven't seen it, you, sh- you should. Uh, but again, Haley Steinfeld, who plays um, Maddie Ross yeah. for a newcomer, she was actually really excellent in it. She, she was, was really um, good. Hundred dollars, that's the rate. No, I shall not, Nigo. Can we depart this afternoon? We? You are not going. That is no part of it. Well, you have misjudged me if you think I'm silly enough to give you fifty dollars and watch you simply ride off. I'm a boned U.S. marshal. That weighs but little with me. I will see the thing done. I've been Can't go after Ned Pepper and band a hard man look after a baby at the same time. Uh, I am not a baby. Won't be stopping at boarding houses where there's warm beds and hot grub on the table. I'll be traveling fast, eating light. But the sleeping is done to take place on the ground. Well, I have slept out at night before. Papa took me a little Frank Coon hunting last summer on the Petty Jean. We were in the woods all night. We sat around a big fern yarn and all told ghost stories. We had a good time. Coon hunting? This ain't no coon hunt. It is the same idea as a coon hunt. Don't come on in for the miles, baby. You were just trying to make your work sound harder than it is. Here's the money. Now, I am to get Tom Cheney, and if you are not game, I will find somebody who is game. All I've heard out of you so far is talk. I know you can drink whiskey and snore and spit and wallow in filth and bemoan your station. The rest has been braggadocio. They told me you had grit, and that is why I came to you. 
I'm not paying for talk. I can get all the talk I need and more at the Monarch boarding house. Leave your money. Meet me here at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. We'll begin our coon hunt. I kind of, I think I've seen her in one of the movies since, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. She's kind of a solid actress, so looking forward to what she can do going forward. Um, that's my number five. She, uh, yeah, uh, you brought her up. She was in Pitch Perfect 2, uh, which oh. is a complete, you know, different type of movie. But, uh, yeah, she was also in Ender's Game and Begin Again. Yeah. But, yeah, she's a God, I've seen actress. all of those things, weirdly. She, she's a promising young actress. Good choice, though. It got great reviews. I remember when it came out, too. It was like 96%. Like, people, critics loved it. Yeah. True great. Rachel, your number five favorite remake reboot of all time is? <laughs> this This is mostly because it's fun. But I did legitimately think it was a cute little movie. The Champ. The Champ's um, a good... That, that's, like, always listed as one of the top tearjerkers of all time. Oh, uh, it tear is jerkers. a tearjerker. It's top a tearjerker. Tear yeah. yeah, John Voight and... Was um, that funny? Yeah, this, that's what I was thinking. Like, just, this well, hilarious movie because, called Terms of Endearment. Because, <laughs> because Brandon knows what I'm talking about, the champ part. Okay, it's John Voight, and he's a boxer, but he's not cur- – like when it opens, he's not currently boxing. He's right. a farmer or something, and he's taking care of his little son, who's Ricky Schroeder. But it's 1979, so he's little. And he decides that he's going to train again so he can give his son a better life. Now, is the original the one that came out in 1931? No. Yeah. The, the original the, came out in 31. Okay, no, no, no. and this oh, is the, the original, remake. Yeah, the remake, yeah, the remake okay. came out in 79. I've, yeah. never, I've actually never heard of it. No, I, I thought it was funny because this is like his dad, and he calls him the champ. Yeah, he doesn't call him dad. <laughs> he calls, he calls him, him the champ <laughs> throughout the whole movie. Which and, is, it's, and it's cheesy. It, it's like, cheesy. It's funny from that way because it's so cheesy, but it's a lovable movie. It like is. it's like it's a it has all the right intentions. It's cute. It is a tearjerker, but it's a cute movie. Yeah. Where's my boy? Here we go. Where's my boy, Jackie? Where's my boy? He's right here. DJ. DJ, where are you? Here I am. Yeah. DJ. And he was here tonight, TJ. Wasn't that a nice thing? Yeah. But she was she was a good person. You know that. Yeah, happy kid. I won the fight. Yeah, happy. Yeah. Yeah. The champ yeah. always comes through that. That's right. That's right. Right. Okay. It is. It is a cube, and it's a. It's a pretty decent. I think it got good reviews. I could be wrong, but I feel like it I got didn't good look reviews. up the reviews. I know on that it. like when like top one hundred, you know, six point seven on IMDb. IMDb yeah, yeah, so I see that. Uh, I know when like top you know tearjerkers were listed. This it's always the moment. There's a certain moment that's always listed. You can do it, the champ. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's 
so funny and cute and then like sad all at the same time yeah. it's there's a lot of emotions going on but i i don't know i really enjoyed watching the champ it's not a great movie but it, it was that's a solid choice thank you that's a that's a thumbs up choice my number five favorite remake of all time is The Fly, the 1986 version directed by David Cronenberg, starring Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. And uh, it's a remake of The Fly from 1958, uh, starring Vincent Price, which was, it's an old black and white movie. Uh, it's a fun movie, and, you know, it's this cool little sci fi horror movie, the 58 version I've seen. And it's kind of got the uh, infamous, help me. <laughs> scene where the little fly and there's like zoom in and he's talking uh but this 1986 have you guys seen the 86 fly i've never wanted to to be honest i know it's got I, i've always heard good buzz about it <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh i've never really wanted to because i've seen images of what he ends up looking like oh it's so gross oh, the, the transition really is my alley it's it's but i've heard good things about it the transition is nasty yes. actually i haven't seen it since it came out probably and that's the only thing i remember about it is that transition was so gnarly Oh, it's it's gross. It's one of the great gross-out movies. But, but I mean, if a man was turning into a human fly, it would be pretty nasty. Uh, you know, Cronenberg, you know, he's kind of had a, these two lives as a director. Uh, you know, early on in his career, he did, like, this cool sci-fi thriller type thing with, like, Dead Zone and The Fly. And uh, I think he did Dead Ringers and, and some other movies in that ilk. And then later on in his career, he did you know History, History of, Violence of Violence and uh, Eastern Promises. I, and I love his movies. Oh he does yeah, now. No, he's a good director. But this outside was, of Cosmopolis. Yeah, this was pretty much straight up sci-fi thriller horror. I say straight up, and then I list three genres. But it's a it's a mixture of the three. <laughs> it's de- it's definitely a mixture of all three. Uh, Jeff Nothing Gold- but professionals here. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's great in it. Scanners is the one I was looking Scanners. For that was the other one. That was the other one. Yeah. But it's it's you, a- Jeff Gold- Goldblum. Is that what you were about to say? Sorry. Yeah. No, Jeff Goldblum is great in it. He you know he plays the scientist. You know you see him later on in Jurassic Park playing the scientist. He's the scientist and the fly. But, you know, the transition he goes through, obviously, physically is gross, but he does it mentally, too. You know, he's starting to realize what he's doing and what he's going through. It's a cool trip of a movie. Like, Jacob, you really should see it. If you want to fast forward through the gross stuff, that's cool. But as a movie, it's a really, really cool movie. It just sounds nasty. It is. And there's a... So, wait, should I watch Bloodsport or The Fly? The answer is always Bloodsport. No matter, no matter what the question, dude, you can be like, "Should I watch Bloodsport or The Godfather?" Like, ah, I want to check out Bloodsport, man. <laughs> I'll never say no. To that. But I'll but put it on the list. But it but, might be a little further. Yeah, down. put it on the list though. I don't even know what kind of reviews it got. To be honest, I feel like it's a Cronenberg movie that was well liked. I've always heard the fly. I, was yeah, well it's a well respected movie. Yeah, I, I yeah, think it's, it's a seventy nine on the by the critics on IMDb. Yeah, so there you go. That's that's seven and a half by the fans. Yeah, so it's it's a legit. That's what I thought I was legit. It's a good movie. Just go see it if you haven't seen it. I like the help yeah, me. Yeah. 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. There you go. Jacob, your number four favorite remake or reboot of all time. Uh, my number four remake is uh, 2001, Steven Soderbergh's Ocean's Eleven. I considered that. Yeah, um, this was these were just fun movies. I really the whole you know trilogy. It was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. They kind of did 
gradually go down because it's the same movie over and over. It, it is. But I think that's why they, they get away with trying. it because they're such cool, fun characters it's who are doing club. a heist. It's, it's, it's guys hanging out. It's guys it's hanging Jacob's out. movie. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm a big Brad Pitt fan, but you got George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon. Uh, and then, of course, you have a great side cast. Bernie Mac, Elliot uh-huh. Gold, Carl Reiner, Scott Conn, Casey Affleck, Don Cheadle. I mean, it was just a fun cast. Yeah. A, a great heist. Um, and let me back up a minute by saying, you know, the original was 1960, um, starring Frank Sinatra, Dean, Dean Martin, and Sam Davis Jr. I've actually never seen it, and I feel a little guilty about that. Um, I just, it's just kind of back to the whole, our generation thing. Yeah. And uh, one day I will. But uh, in the meantime, um, you know, if the original is half as good as the this version of it, you know, then I'm sure I'll like it. It's just a fun movie. Yeah, it's it's you know stylish. The, the orig- yeah, it's stylish. It's like yeah. it, it is kind of a throwback to the Rat Pack era, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and it's almost like Brad Pitt and uh, George Clooney and Matt Damon kind of became this cool 2000s Rat Pack. Uh, but it's a fun. Those are fun movies. I didn't think. 12 was any good at all it's like they weren't even trying it's like they were just hanging out they and were just to have a camera there trying to get us in the seats yeah but then oh, i think true. they kind of redeemed themselves a little bit more with 13 13 was pretty good but the original 11 was a lot of fun that it was just a fun movie that happened to be surrounding a heist yeah yeah good choice rachel you have anything to add to that no i i saw all of them but they all run together mm. that's, really that's that's okay. it <laughs> Rachel, do you, what's your number four? <laughs> We're going to sit back in silence. <laughs> My number four is Little Shop of Horrors, oh. the 1986 Little Shop of Horrors. I have not seen the original, uh, but it looks like it was a legitimately scary movie, like mm-hmm. a, kind of an experiment gone wrong type thing, which, of course, the 86 version is not a scary movie, even though it did kind of freak me out a little bit because... I was a little kid when I saw it. Yeah, it's still a big plant with teeth eating people. Yeah, but it's a funny plant. It is. That's eating it people. It is. That sounds like Barry White. Uh, the cast in it's really good. Rick Moranis, of course. Steve Martin is in it. Jim, James Belushi. John Candy is in there. Christopher Guest. Bill Murray. So, like, some heavy hitters yeah. of comedy were in that movie. Yeah. Great, great soundtrack. The soundtrack is really good. You know, it's, it was a Broadway musical. Well, that's what I'm looking up right now. The original was just comedy horror. It was not a musical, whereas the 1980 version or 86 version was a musical. Right. That's all I wanted to add in there. I've never, I haven't seen, I've only seen Little Shop of Horrors 86. Is it 86? Yeah, it's yeah. 86. I've only seen it once. And, uh, of course, I remember like the, feed me, feed yeah. me. Feed me, Seymour. That, that's it. But I've, of course, never seen the 1960 version. You, you sing and you sing. Feed me, Crab on, feed me now. Oh, I can't. I'm starving! Look, maybe I can squeeze a little more out of this one. More, 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 more! There isn't any more. What do you want me to do, slip my wrists? <sighs> oh, boy. Look, I got an idea. I'm gonna go down to Spendrick's and pick you up some nice chopped sirloin. Must be blood. Tui, that's disgusting. Must be fresh. I don't want to hear this. Feed me. Does it have to be human? Feed me. Does it have to be mine? Feed me. Where am I supposed to get it? Feed me Seymour. Feed me all night long. <laughs> That's right, boy. You can do it. Feed me Seymour. Feed me all night long. <laughs> Cause if you feed me Seymour, 
I can grow up big and strong. <laughs> I'm a musical nerd, so I've I've like seen the the musical live. I love Little Shop Horse. So you I would love to see it live. The, oh, cool. the '86 version is my favorite of the, the film adaptations. How many are there? Oh, I think there's just two. Okay. I just mean of the two. Yeah. Uh, it's one, but I, I I really do like the musical element. I think it brings a lot, and I like the comedy. I think the comedy. It's really funny. The 86 Steve Martin is hilarious as like the torturous dentist who just gets off on like torturing people. Uh, he's great. And it seems like a Steve Martin movie is mentioned every every one of our lists somehow. It's because he was great. He was. Yeah, we that was in his heyday. We though because you know, we all love Rick Moranis and, and uh, I know he's retired now but we miss him. We do. I mean, between Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Ghostbusters, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, he was all over the place during that was, time. Yeah, he was money in the Spaceballs. Spaceballs. How did yeah. I forget? Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. yeah, he retired, I believe, because his, his wife was diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's. So, and so he it's a good reason. to take care so of her. So she doesn't even remember all these great movies. I think that's why. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't really remember. <laughs> Because Brandon made a face like inappropriate. Yeah, she and I was thinking, oh, that's a little inappropriate. Well, I knew as I was saying, uh, I I knew what I was saying, and I wanted to say it, but uh, too far, too. It's right there on the edge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> P.S. That laugh sounded really goofy. I'm the only at, one with headphones on in here. But, uh, but that is that is uh, a horrible thing to hear about his wife i actually didn't know then i w- did wonder why he stopped acting yep that's why you don't see him anymore you want to take care of his wife well that's good good man rick who won't remember any of his movies good oh, man rick man. okay my number four wait fav- you're going out of order what did i do no i'm first oh okay just kidding yeah. my number four favorite <laughs> kind of sick leave me alone <laughs> my number four favorite remake or reboot of all time is the 2007 version of 310 to Yuma. It's a remake of the 1950s. <laughs> Jacob Jacob totally dis- disagrees with this. I've never seen that face on Jacob before. That was the first time. We need to make this a video podcast because that was amazing. That's all right. I'm ready to get a bat for it. It's a remake of the 1957 version. Uh, the same same name. I love it. I don't care what Jacob says. You know, he talked about we don't get to see that many good westerns anymore, and I agree. The cast, first off, is great. You got Russell Crowe and Christian Bale, both at the top of their game. Russell Crowe plays the villain, this kind of badass cowboy that comes into town. Christian Bale plays, you know, the 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 poor protagonist, and they have to kind of team up, not wanting to. And I think their relationship. And their forced friendship that becomes a real friendship drives the whole movie to me. And I think it's a good movie. Yeah. Well, I thought the kid was annoying and I thought that Christian Bell's character was just kind of a bitch. (laughs) 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 But I remember liking Russell Crowe. Of course, I like Russell Crowe in most movies. Uh, It was just okay to me. It was forgettable. Oh, I love 310 to Yuma. I actually... uh, I mean, I still gave it a seven, so... Yeah, that... And I mean, I, I know that the critics liked it. Yeah, it usually that... means I won't watch it again. <laughs> it means I liked it, but I probably won't watch it again. Uh, I'll tell you who else was really good was Ben Foster as yeah, he Russell Crowe. He, he was Crow's convincing. Crony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he played a really, really good villain. He was, you know, Russell Crowe was kind of the main, you know, ringleader, and Ben Foster was his his 
he was right hand man, but he was. I was gonna say, but he was much more evil. Like yeah. Russell Crowe kind of had like this code. Ben Foster's a pretty by. good bad guy in most movies. He is. He is. He's a good actor. He's yeah, an underrated. Like actor. He's an underrated actor, and, and um, I, I remember him though. Now that you bring that up, <laughs> yeah, this uh, isn't the fight I wanted it to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Directed by James Mangold, I, I I really think it was a really good movie. Anything else you want to get paid for, Dan? Give me five dollars extra. And what's that for? For making me nervous. Hands up, Ben Wade. Boss! Boss! Hey, Boss! Give me your hands, Mr. Wade. Tucker, take his gun. Give me that. Ben Wade. Captured in Bisbee. Be careful with that thing. That gun's got a curse on it. I will say I'm a big, big Russell Crowe fan. He's he's a top five actor for me. Uh, yeah, I know. I love Russell Crowe. And I think his character and his performance in this were just really, really good. It was fun. It was a little hokey, but it was fun. There you, do you have anything? <laughs> That's a, I, liked, I like 310 D quite a bit. But I will say, in Jacob's defense, I don't remember a lot of specifics of the movie. But also... I don't remember a lot of specifics of a lot of movies. <laughs> I think it's on Netflix right now. Uh, is it? I think it is. We should, we should it's, rewatch it's it. It's a little slow moving, but I thought I did really like it. I yeah. remember really And I didn't realize it. the kid is uh, Logan Lorman. So, and I think he's a pretty good actor now, but you were annoying when you were a kid, dude. <laughs> uh, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. I was just curious to see if I was alone on there. It, I don't know. I like it. Uh, I'd, I'd be curious to get... You know what I want to start getting, especially when we start disagreeing more, because I hope that happens more too, because it's kind of fun to disagree. Feedback from from people who listen, like if if you guys can leave us comments or shoot us emails, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, and let us know, like, hey, I totally agree with Jacob. Three ten of Yuma sucks, or you know, or like, oh, Brandon's a lot older than I thought he would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that you fit in a Brandon old joke at least <laughs> once an episode. Have you noticed that's a recurring theme? <laughs> There's always at least one. I was going to say how long does it take for y'all to catch it. <laughs> I like well, it. Age, it. It takes me a while to, to catch up. Uh, but yeah, leave us comments or, or feedback if That's you right. can. We'll give you about five more episodes to figure it out. <laughs> but you'll forget anyway by the time the next one comes around. <laughs> Jacob, your number three favorite. All-timers joke. That's Remake. Terrible. Reboot. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I thought it was funny enough to use, even though it was inappropriate. Uh, number three favorite remake or reboot of all time, Jacob. Now, this was the stipulation that I kind of gave a pass from er- that, that I talked about earlier, and oh, it's yeah. Casino Royale, the the first yes. James Bond okay. movie. I think this one makes sense because if you know anything about the James Bond franchise, since this was the first one that came out, well, when Ian Fleming wrote these novels, America was not ready for a British uh, hero, right? And so when they directed the original Casino Royale, they changed James Bond, I believe, to Jimmy. I'm pretty sure that's correct. So they called him Jimmy Bond. You know, they made him very Americanized. And mm-hmm. so that would have been uh, 1967 when, when that movie came out. And so it was a big flop. Ian Fleming was upset. And, you know, I can't remember the producer's name. I believe his last name was Broccoli because um, I watched this really cool documentary here back and all this stuff. And, of course, all the the efforts he went to to get these books and these movies made. And, of course, you went on to have, like, uh, my 
personal favorite from Russia with Love. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Thunderball was great too, but that's a little further down the line. And of course, all the drama that went in with uh, Sean Connery and whatnot. Right. But, uh, shit, what was my point? <laughs> 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 but I think you're going to say why you're including this in the remakes, reboots. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's, because, it's because a lot of people really forget about that first one that even happened. Right. I don't know if they dismiss it or if they just forget because it was just that sloppy, that poor... Well, I don't know. Would you agree with that? Do you know that much about the James Bond series? I do, I do know about the James Bond series. I think that I would probably... I would say Casino Royale, and I'm just saying this because you're using it. I think because it was such a huge transition from what James Bond normally was... I think it makes sense to include it in this list because, you know, unlike a lot of these iconic characters, they really did. Well, I think they was, say James Bond is the biggest franchise out of all the franchises. When you really think about it, yes, that makes sense. Yeah, there's been a ton of them. there's been seven James Bonds at this point. Right. And, uh, you know, after Daniel Craig, we're going to move on to, I guess, Idris Elba, which is cool. I like Idris Elba. I'm, I, I'm, I don't know if I agree with it, but, hey, whatever. I no, love him. I'm finally going to like a James Bond series. Oh, I love Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah. Don't get uh, me wrong. Awesome. But it, I don't know. I, I And he's British? Oh, no. I, actually, he's Irish, isn't he? No, he's no, British. He's British. Oh, well, your face is British. <laughs> 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 so... I, I love Idris Elba. Don't get me wrong. I just feel... I don't know. I know why Hollywood does it, but at the same time, James Bond's a white brunette. I mean, I, mean, I know that people were flipping out that he was blonde oh, it when Daniel Craig was, was... like. I mean, But he's been, in my opinion, the second best Bond there is. I disagree. Oh, Where I know you yeah. like Roger Moore, Roger so we Moore. can get into this. Well, we haven't even talked about Casino Royale yet, oh, yeah. so let me back up Good a call. minute. I love Casino Royale because of how gritty, because of how dirty, I mean, like, physical, uh, how he just kicks ass, just like Sean Connery always did. That And, and, and when... And when they did this Casino Royale, I don't know, the, the storyline was really good. The the play on poker and that whole scene element was great. I'm a big Mads Mikkelsen fan. I think he's a he's very awesome. good actor. I yeah. don't think, there's rarely anything I don't like him in. I mean, even Arthur, I like this character in, in <laughs> Arthur. Yeah. Wait, Arthur? No. No, what's uh, it called? Thinking, uh, um, King Arthur. King, King Arthur. Arthur. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> he probably was like, you know, five or ten when <laughs> yeah. Arthur came out. <laughs> I don't know, I'm not really saying much here. Yeah, Casino Royale was just a good movie. <laughs> I was just, it was just, it was a nice bring us back to a good action movie with, you know, good physical actor as opposed to Pierce Brosnan, Roger Moore, and some of those other ones. And, and unfortunately, there's even some forgotten James Bonds who are better than Roger Moore and Pierce Brosnan. Uh, well, Timothy Dalton. Uh, yes. Pierce, uh, I, I mean, Roger Moore is my favorite. <sighs> The password, please. I've got a little itch down there. Would you mind? Not a whole world's gonna know that you don't. <laughs>
I died. I died? Yes. Because no matter what you do, I'm not going to give you the password, which means your clients are going to hunt you down and cut you into little pieces of meat while you're still breathing. Because if you kill me, there'll be nowhere else to hide. But you are so wrong! Because even after I slaughtered you and your little girlfriend, your people would still welcome me with open arms. Because they need what I know. Here's my deal. This is the only thing I'll say on it. I do think Casino Royale was a good movie. I actually disagreed. I'm, I guess because I'm more of a traditionalist, I grew up with the Sean Connerys and Roger Moores and, and all those things. So it was so weird to see this blonde dude. He wasn't using the catchphrases. And he seemed like a Jason Bourne character. I was like, I've already seen like five Jason Bourne movies. Why do I got to see another Jason Bourne movie? Like, he wasn't this suave... James Bond to me. I just felt like I was watching another James Bond movie. He's very rather raw. than a James yeah. Bond movie. Uh, so that was my big. Everybody else loved it. I was like alone. I was like shouting it, and nobody was hearing me. But that was my feeling on it. I don't like James Bond. Like period. I, I have a. It's. It's not even anything against James Bond. I don't think I just. It's an action series, and I'm just not interested in it at all. I don't even know if I saw them. every single one I I've seen just runs together with all the other ones. So. So I know Brandon. I'm missing a ton of them. <laughs> I know again, again I have not much to offer really? here, but it's just not. Well, not I mean, I'm not gonna act like I grew up watching James Bond. Dad may have had it on here and there, but I wouldn't have known which was which, except for From Russia with Love. I probably have watched all of them in the last ten years, and I went on a huge run like two years ago and watched them all again. Of course, Dad always liked Sean Connery. That's probably why I'm a little biased. Yeah. Because Sean Connery was the tougher James Bond. Plus, yeah, he, was he was basically the original James Bond if you put out the the original Casino right. Royale, which I can't figure out if it was Wolf Mankiewicz or Peter. I'm sorry, Peter Sellers or David Niven. That it doesn't even matter in the very first Casino Royale. Yeah. But to me, Daniel Craig is the first thing, we, the closest thing we've had to Sean Connery since. And um, I like that he's tough and that he, you know, isn't dainty like the other ones have been. <laughs> I like the, the suave I'll, dainty one. I'll watch the ones with Idris Elba in them. Sign yeah, me up. He's awesome. I, I love nights. Idris Elba. I'm sure it'll be good. I mean, I love Idris Elba. Is it Idris or Idris? I love Idris. Idris. But um, it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's it's different. But I'm it's different. instantly interested. I know interested. doing it. And I don't know. I'm sure it'll be just fine. I know I'll go see it, and I know I'll love it. Another just, Wire uh, actor oh, well, yeah. just played... Stringer Bell, man. Uh, well, yeah, and, and you know Wallace, uh, Michael B. Jordan, just played Johnny Storm, which was a typically white character, and that made fans pretty upset. And now I got Idris Elba, also from The Wire, playing oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a typically see, white character. I had no character. problem with, with him playing Johnny in... A lot of people did, film. though, and he released a fantastic statement. He did. He really did. About it, yeah. yeah. Really well-spoken. Statement yeah. about it. Well, we missed that opportunity when, when we were when we were reviewing it. <laughs> yeah, you know, listen to that other podcast. Point being is, if you it. haven't seen the wire, watch the wire. Yeah. <laughs> that Casino Royale, number three. <laughs> Rachel, your number three favorite remake reboot of all time. I'm gonna immediately jump to the defense of this movie because both of you are gonna hate it. I'm sure. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, I hated oh, I'm this out. movie. Yep, exactly. I hated this movie. Okay, uh, as as a remake, marked as one of the bad ones. As a remake, it would be my top five worst remakes. Guys, of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's list. Rachel's, Rachel's list. list. It's, it's Rachel's a, crappy list. Keep having Respect. a conversation about how bad it is amongst <laughs> yourselves while I try to explain 
why it's on my list. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, as a remake, it's terrible. It's terrible. As a as a complete reimagination. Not your argument. <laughs> as a reimagination of it. Willy Wonka is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. It's it's much better than Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But as a reimagination, I can appreciate it for what it was. It was something completely different than Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was. And so I was okay with that. And at that point, I wasn't burnt out on this Tim Burton, uh, Johnny Depp duo, even though they had done Ed Wood and Edward Scissorhands and Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow, Hollow at that Beauty, point. Uh, Sleepy, wait, and um, Alice in Wonderland? Not yet. That was after? That was after. Okay. So at this point, they had made three movies together. And all those movies, pretty good, actually. Yeah, they were. Um, so I wasn't burnt out on like the, oh my gosh, another Tim Burton, Johnny Depp movie like I am now. I was also higher on Johnny Depp's career at that point. Right. Uh, Johnny Depp used to be my favorite actor of all time. And then he stopped taking really unique roles and became Captain Jack Sparrow, which he did for his kids and and I think he kind of gave up on like that. I'm a rebellious youth, and I'm gonna do movies because I love movies. And was like, I'm gonna do monies or movies to take money for my kids. And I get that, but that made me not so much a fan of Johnny Depp's later movies. But I will say that I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Tim Burton and and um, Willy Wonka and that world kind of makes sense to me. I mean, like it's a very strange world to be in. So to put tim burton in that yeah, world it kind of makes it does sense. make sense and it's colorful and odd and and even yeah, a little it, creepy as as a standalone if you don't compare it to the original willy wonka which is incredible and like i said one of my favorites of all time it's a fun little thing plus it was my first my first date ever my date <laughs> took me to subway and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> so now we have the real we all that dancing around and we finally got to the real reason why this no, crappy movie should not made be your the list. most depressing date of all time. Subway and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I don't Factory. know, all these years later, here you are talking about it. But I here's the deal with me. I, the reason I hated this movie so much is Willy Wonka was such a freaking creep in it. Like he was he he was a jerk, really. He was a jerk to the kids, and he didn't really care Gene for the kids. Gene Wilder was kind of a jerk. Okay, he was kind of a jerk, too. but you knew he had a heart. He like, did have a heart. Underneath it all, he truly had a heart. Johnny Depp was very cared. robotic. He was very robotic, and I never believed that he actually cared for Charlie nor any of the other kids. I think that Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka would care for the kids if they were worth caring for, uh, and and Charlie was. I agree. Johnny Depp I was a robotic. He seemed like a pedophile. I mean, like I'm not the only one to make that joke. He I didn't seem like take him as weird... a pedophile at all. He was just very robotic. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Mr. Wonka, sure is toasty in here. What? Oh yeah, I have to keep it warm in here because my workers are used to an extremely hot climate. They just can't stand the cold. Who are the workers? All in good time. No. Mr. Wonka, I'm Violet Beauregard. Oh. I don't care. Well, you should care, because I'm the girl who's going to win the special prize at the end. Well, you do seem confident, and confidence is key. I'm Veruca Salt. It's very nice to meet you, sir. I always thought a Veruca was a type of wart you got on the bottom of your foot. <laughs> I walk out of loop. I love the chocolate. I can see that. So do I. 
I never expected to have so much in common. You. You're Mike TV. You're the little devil who cracked the system. And you. Well, you're just lucky to be here, aren't you? And the rest of you must be there for... Parents. Yeah. <laughs> Moms and dads. <laughs> I'm a brain on that one. I mean, I just don't think... The you remake Willy and the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, the, love, if we're talking about movies that shouldn't be remade, that's, man, that's a whole nother list. Right, right. Uh, there's, most movies should not that, be remade. That would be one of my top five, probably. I mean, I... I loved it as a kid. I think I'm making your argument there. Um, and yeah, as far as comparing, because it's like comparing Psycho to Psycho. You know, you just don't remake Psycho. And the way that, the two thousand what the nineteen ninety five seven version of it with Vince Vaughn, and they decided to redo the exact same movie. Whereas here they tried to change it and make it a little bit different. Which, if they would have tried to make so, the same Willy Wonka, there's no way I would have liked it. The yeah. only reason that I enjoyed it was because they made a completely different movie. Well, to that's me. what I was kind of getting at. Was like the original Willy Wonka. What's his name? Darn it. Gene Wilder. Um, Gene Wilder. He was lovable. He was polite. Well, he became polite. I mean, you seem like he actually cared what happened to, well, Charlie, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, good ending. Whereas Brandon kind of said it in this one, he just was kind of rude the whole time. And it was just awkward. And and that's the whole Tim Burton-ish part as well. Um, he seemed almost a little sadistic to me. In this one. But it was, it's kind of a sadistic movie. It's kind of sick what happens to these it, but, kids. But like, uh, even like the little guys, the little people. The um, Oompa The Oompa They were strange in this one. Well, yeah, the whole movie was strange. They were. But, but it, it was very But in general, Burton-y. when you think about Willy Wonka, the whole thing is a psych trip. So, well, the original was for sure. Yeah, it is. And then, and then I, I the know The original is that, horrifying if yeah. you really look at what it I know, is. it is creepy. <laughs> but, but at the end of it, I think that Willy Wonka did have a heart. And in this I one, do, he didn't. I do agree with you on that with, argument. Really, it wasn't a bad movie. Like, technically speaking, like most Burton movies, technically speaking, they're pretty, they're pretty great and colorful and... And it, he creates, and a world, I think it absolutely. worked well for the Willy Wonka I also didn't world. Think, I thought was, I didn't like how they gave him daddy issues. Yeah, know? they gave him daddy that issues. That was strange. Yeah. Uh, Freddie Highmore was a fine, uh, um, you know, the guy that currently actually Grandpa plays Joe Norman was Bates. Cute. Yeah, well, the kid, he's a good, he's a good little actor he too. Because yeah. he was in Finding Neverland. Yeah, he was. Uh, I liked him in that as well. But he's, he's a good actor. And he's grown up to be a good actor. I just, I, I really didn't like the remake. That's but fine. I can, you know, I see to. your point. You're with wrong. Your, your Johnny Depp stuff. I think the reason another uh, another reason I was kind of like not on board because even though he hadn't done all these other Tim Burton roles yet, where he, I mean, he was already on track outside of a couple movies here and there. Where you're right because he was already Jack Sparrow, and then we have the what did he do before that? Darn it! Yeah, Sleepy Hollow. It's just he continuously started doing all these strange roles. Yeah, I just. And I, of course, if you knew, if you move past Charlie and Chocolate Factory, where you have. Um, Sweeney Todd. I just hated Sweeney Todd. Another Alice remake. Alice in Wonderland. He just, uh, she, I'm just, I'm over Johnny Depp. I am I'm not too, even sure he could ever rebound again, which is crazy I to think say. that he has the talent to rebound. Now he has to he choose has whether he yeah. wants to do it Dark or not. Dark Shadows is And he one. can get the role Lone too Ranger because. Lone Ranger is another one. Oh yeah, he Sorry, has it. The, the last decent movie he came out with was Finding Neverland. 
Yeah. And then we have Mordecai just came out. And it's awful. It's awful. It's it's terrible to see what's happened to Johnny Depp. It's it's you know it doesn't sure, get to, certainly is baffling, that's for sure. Well, you know what's the oddest thing is, you know, most of these other actors when their careers take a nosedive, it gets talked about a lot and they get ridiculed. Johnny Depp for some reason has kind of come away unscathed. I mean, really, from the you know, public perception, people still love Johnny like Depp. They blame it on the movie, not that. Yeah, happened. they blame it on the movie. They blame it on the well, director. They Johnny blame Depp it on the is legitimately talented. Well, I still is. believe no, he, that he has he has it in him. He just has to seek out the right role and take it. I mean, I, I don't even think that it's that he couldn't get it at this point. He can get roles. No, he can get roles because he's, he's going to bring got in money. Absolutely. If you look at his early career. Between, actually, I think Edward Scissorhands was probably his best performance because he yeah, acted so much. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco was oh, great. That's a good one. Uh, I mean, he, he's. I even liked Ed Wood a lot. Benny and June. Benny he's and June. He's a good actor. Great. Oh, uh, what's, what's he Gilbert, Gilbert Grape? A uh, really great actor. He's just become a superstar and becoming a superstar and doing all these. He, he's just got white makeup and weird long yeah, black hair. It makes and every you really now. sad. Yep. There we go. My number three favorite remake reboot of all time is The Ring. I wrote Never that watch that movie again. I'm a horror movie buff. Came out in 2002. The uh, original was called Ringu, a Japanese movie that came out only four years earlier. I've seen them both. They're both excellent. They're both scary as can be. They both freak me out. I'm not even sure which one I liked. I actually probably liked the American one more. I, I, I did see it first, though. But we've talked about this before. Um, to me, it's one of the top five scariest movies of all time. Did we talk about it on the air? I can't remember. I don't know. We talked so I much off the air. Okay. Well, because uh, I was my girlfriend actually kicked, tried to kick me out of this movie because I couldn't quit shifting. <laughs> and it, I, I, the, the Ring is one of the few horror movies I did like. I mean, once it was over. It's a good movie, but it's really unsettling. It's Man. a good movie. It's, I mean, look, it's you disturbing. got Naomi Watts as the actress. She, you know, she's a great actress. And it's so well done. The Americans have remade a ton of, of Japanese horror movies. Yeah. Most of them suck. The Grudge was pretty good, uh, but The Ring was absolutely the best of all kind of the I Asian agree. genre that Americans have remade because they've been so successful in Japan and, and Korea and things like that. But this one was so well done. The cast also featured uh, Brian Cox in a supporting role, Jane Alexander. So, I mean, there's a lot of talent on hand for this movie, acting-wise. And directed by Gore Verbinski. I did not know that. Who uh, directed Tombstone. Yep. And speaking of... Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah, so... Brandon knows that I do not... I don't jump at things. I just don't. Uh, horror movies, to me, they're building up to something. I know they're building up to something, so when you actually do something, I don't jump at it. This movie, I will never watch The Ring again. I watched it one and a half times, and it just... It's so creepy and makes my skin crawl. I won't rewatch that one. It, it's a it, good one. It's a good one. That hardly... I can't think of another movie that's had that. Are there jump on me. scenes in the ring though, or is it more it's like not, kind it's of psychological? It's not jump, and that's why probably why it freaks me out so much. I don't care about jump scares so much, but yeah, it's it's a lot of psychological stuff. And although there is a couple, like when they open up the closet door and that girl is just sitting at the bottom and her face is all there are jump scares out. in it, yeah. but it's not a primary like oh this is a jump scare well, movie. And just watching the tape itself, the tape is, is really eerie. Yeah, it's so creepy. Like it's it's not a jump scare thing, but it's just all these images 
and how the the film stock in which they're they're shown and 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 the images are just so horrifying they're so weird you're not quite sure what you what you're watching but you know it's freaky and i don't like stop motion movement yeah. Where people just jerk around oh, unnaturally. Yeah. That really like, my unravels me. All-time favorite moments as far as being in a movie theater was watching uh, Samara walk out of the the TV screen. Yep. My theater lost their minds. Like, I mean, I've never really heard a reaction to a horror movie like I Girls heard. Girls were screaming and people were moving. Were screaming. Yeah, I mean... It was, I mean, it's like gas and like, like people kind of shuffling around and like, it was, it was a, it was a really, really cool movie. I may have even shut my eyes at some point in that movie. Yeah. It, it really messed with me. Yeah. It was one of those like where you actually, you see like people, you know, in movies imitating watching a scary movie and they actually have their hands over their eyes or they'll say that. That was one of those few times where I actually kind of did like kind of put my hands up to my face to kind of look away. <laughs> hey, like I said, I was asked to leave, so yeah. <laughs> I, I've Great got Great remake, nothing. though. And Ringo, Ringo was also good. It was. I saw that, but yeah. Jacob, your number two favorite remake or reboot of all time. Oh, you know what? Maybe I have – this is one of the other stipulations I completely didn't think about, but I don't know. I, I love 2009 J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. I it was it was on my list. Is this a okay, I mean, should this be an okay one? I mean, yeah, I think is it is this your number two? Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, no, I think uh, you know we it's it's again kind of an iconic series, but it's certainly I think because, a reboot. That's but for it's sure. but I was gonna say it's yeah. a definite reboot. You know, I I loved it. I'm a I have become a big J.J. Abrams fan, and uh, even movies like Super Eight. You mm-hmm. know, I just. Kind of excuse kind of the silliness of some things because I think he's really good. He's the closest thing to Spielberg. That could be a two that I've seen yeah. in a while, and and uh, he might do a little bit too many lens flares, but whatever. And as far as the original Star Trek movies go, you know they're not that good. Wrath of Khan I think is really good, but you know I don't know. Did you all you all probably didn't watch much of the Star Trek stuff? I'm... I grew up in a Star Trek family. Oh, okay. This is why I don't like sci-fi. Oh. Actually, because Star Trek was kind of forced at me my entire so childhood. So you know a lot about it then? Oh, I know a ton about Star Trek. I've seen all of those movies. I actually liked Star Trek 4. Isn't that the one with the dolphins and they come to Earth and all that? I think that? that's right, yeah. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. But I liked it because I was like, oh, they're on Earth. Yeah, this it really isn't is so bad. bad but I will say Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, I really liked, which is a huge feat for me because my brain is just set to hate all things Star Trek. Is it just because the casting is that good? It's because J.J. Abrams is really good at telling the stories of characters and the setting not mattering so much. That's why I really loved Lost is because I loved the characters. So in Star Trek, he actually made me really care about the characters. So the fact that it was a sci-fi movie didn't matter so much to me. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that's why it was effective for me. But You that's, may have just made all my arguments for it. I mean, I... <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> I guess I have nothing else to say. I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I, the, these characters are so much fun to watch. Personally, I love Carl Urban as Bones. I think he has nailed. He was great. Nailed that character, and I think he's actually kind of one of those also underrated actors. Sometimes, uh, I think he's got a lot of talent. This was just a fun movie. I don't know. I mean, I gave it a ten. I, 
I mean, I think I gave it a nine, which is that, amazing. I think, I think I gave it a nine too. I've been a lot. That was my favorite movie that year. Over you know movies like The Hurt Locker and things like that. I, that was I, a bad I liked year it for more movies. than that. It was a bad movie, but uh, I think I gave it a nine as well. And I've I've been a lifelong Star Trek hater. Really? My, my brother loves Star Trek. I love Star Wars, but I never liked Star Trek. I just thought it was, it was a little too nerdy and sci-fi-ish for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're definitely one or the other. Yeah. But So when this came out, it's like, wow, that's really, really good. And of course, I grew up with some of it. We were Star, Star Wars people. Mm-hmm. But I was certainly familiar with who, you know, Captain... James Captain T. Kirk. Kirk. Yeah, yeah, Captain Kirk. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, Spock and, and Bones, whatever. McCoy. But that this the, the, the reboot just completely blew me away. I love it. I would watch the uh, Star Trek series only because my older brother would watch it on school nights. It came on after the news, so it was on at 11. And my mom would let me stay up to watch it with my brother. Either It was either that or go to bed. He got to stay up late to watch Star Trek because he loved it. That was exactly the reason why I used to stay up and watch Next Generation. Are you serious? Yep. Are because it came me? on Sunday nights, and my parents were like, well, if Dave can stay up, then you can stay up, That's too. That's exactly what happened to me. I didn't really watch it. I didn't either. I did other I, stuff I did other things, but on. I kind of act like it was on, and I was... Yep. It know. was I was in the living room, and it was on, so it was okay for me to yeah. be up. So I was I probably watched, playing with my Panthro and, or... and Mumra <laughs> <laughs> toys while he was watching it. Um, yeah, that's basically it. I have nothing really more to say on it. Race. Well, on that one, it actually didn't upset Star Trek fans either, so that says a lot. Well, that's what the, I was, that's the what other I was one say. upset the, Star Trek fans. In the darkness, but the, yes, but the original one, uh, it, he did a really good job at pleasing a pretty finicky fan base. That's true. Well, I, you know, even with all the people who were upset about In the Darkness, I still loved that movie too. I just love these characters. I think J.J. Abrams is a darn good uh, director. He is absolutely. Yeah. Rachel, your number two favorite remake or reboot of all time? My number two is The Thing. That's a good choice. Nice. I'm glad you all are bringing like, The Fly and The Thing up because I saw these when I was researching this and I was like, there's no way I'm going to put those on my lists. But I thought you all might, which yeah. I'm really yeah, glad about. I feel about. like The Thing has to be mentioned. And actually, Brandon and I had a chance to see it in the theater not too long ago. And I will say before I saw it in the theater, it probably wouldn't have made my list. But something about watching it on the big screen really made it a lot more interesting to me and it held up really well one of my friends really likes the thing so i've probably watched it every other year with him around halloween time that american Werewolf still raved about oh yeah, yeah they, the they were fantastic and there's a good amount of humor in there with there kurt russell um kurt russell's always good he is good. I've only seen it once and i could even argue that i've seen it in parts not 100 percent all the way through Certainly know how it ends, but I mean, the parts uh, I saw, I really liked. Yeah, I mean, it's legitimately, mm-hmm. it has a good element of humor. It's legitimately creepy. It's mm-hmm. intense in a lot of areas. Definitely intense. So, yeah, I, I just thought it was, I didn't see the original. It creates a great atmosphere. Yes. Uh, it's John Carpenter, who, of course, did Halloween and Big Trouble in Little China and a bunch of other movies that we've talked about here on the show. Uh, the thing's a great movie. It's, it's, the scene where they had to test the blood to see if any of them have become a thing is such an intense. It's, really it's almost intense. like it reminds me of the Russian roulette scene from the Deer Hunter. Wow. Yeah, uh, it's so intense, and you just any moment you know something could happen, and all the crap hits the fan. And it's this claustrophobic. They're they're all in this you know basic bunker in Antarctica. It's freezing. This atmosphere. They had to you know. Quarantine a guy. It's it's such a 
suspenseful movie. Yes. Wait a second. Wait a second. Let and me I will back say, up. Let me, let me back up here a second. Are we talking about the... 82. The, I was yeah. going to say, we need to, to specify, we're talking about the 82, the thing, We're not, not talking the about remake. the 2011 version right. that starred uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Joel no, no, Edgerton. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. And that wasn't a terrible movie, by the way. Uh, and it the way that it tied in with this movie was actually pretty cool. I don't want to spoil anything since you haven't seen it, but, but but pay special attention, Jacob, to how the thing begins, the very beginning of the movie that we're currently talking about. And then if you see this afterwards, how they tie in together, it's really well done. The original was a 51 movie, The Thing from Another World. It was like the original, original. So there's been multiple remakes of The Thing. And again... In- Kind of the uh, the makeup and special effects, the gross out stuff, like with the transformations, kind of reminds you of Alien. Uh, kind of reminds you of of even The Fly. Really, we yeah. talked about American Werewolf in London. So, kind of mm-hmm. that same type of makeup and special effects. Really, really cool and effective. Probably to me the best era of effects. Agreed. My number two favorite remake or reboot of all time is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Now, this kind of goes along with the James Bond, uh, Planet of the Apes. It was done, again, uh, in the early 2000s, starring Mark Wahlberg and directed by Tim Burton, who goes along and runs all kinds of great movies. Uh, <laughs> <I> really <laughs> so was. Tim Burton hate. That really was, like, it was hated by people. It was horrible. Uh, it was so cheesy and dumb and took out all the intelligence of... You know, it's a movie about apes that become, you know, these living, talking creatures... But the original, the nineteen loved the original, the nineteen sixty eight Planet of the Apes. You know, one of the all time greatest twists with the Statue of mm-hmm. Liberty at the end. You find out the whole time yep. they're actually on Earth. It was actually a smart movie with a lot of social commentary, subtext, really intelligent movie. And that's how Rise of the Planet of the Apes was. I thought it was such a good film, starring James Franco. But to me, what made it so great was the Caesar character. Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis, who, of course, voiced Gollum, famously also did Caesar. And a lot of Oscar buzz for him for both roles. And, and oh, well, especially with the uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. The uh, But it was such a intense action, drama, funny movie. I, I loved, loved Rise of yeah, the Planet you of the liked- Apes. I mean, I think it's a good movie. You like absurdly loved this I movie. Lo- I thought it was so good, and, well, and I think I a liked... lot of it was people were really against it happening again. Yeah, and it surprised a lot of people. It did, and I think Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was somehow even better. I think what I love so much is the Caesar character. People are calling Caesar's for Andy Serkis character. to get nominated for this. Yeah, and he was that good. He was yeah. that good, and the Caesar character, like because. He's like more human than most of the characters. That, like the the things that we would like to believe humans are intrinsically integrity and and morals and and nobility and honor and all those things. Caesar is, but he's also a badass, and you better not mess with him or his family, or he's going to tear you up. That's what I like so much about it. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking far off me, you damn thirty-eight. No!
and the special effects were great as well. They're pretty good for CGI. That's what I'm saying for CGI. Yeah. Usually CGI bothers me, but I thought they're really well done. Yep. Jacob, before we get to your number one favorite remake or reboot of all time, let's go through some honorable mentions, some ones that were close to making your list but didn't quite make it. Let's see. So as far as ones that I just kind of wanted to make note of. Okay, so The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, I really yes. enjoyed the uh, David Fincher version of it. It was good. Um, I almost put it on my list. I think it would have been my number. I think it probably is my number six. Um, Did you see the original? Oh, yeah, yeah. I love the original. They're, they're really good. But but the, the really remake good. was great for remake. Yeah. Slightly like the original more, but they're both so good. Peter Jackson's King Kong. Uh, um, dude, I really enjoyed it. Yes. You have it too? Yep. I think some people do kind of uh, criticize some little things about it, but uh, there were some CGI issues, say like the dinosaur uh, stampede scene. Right. But the Tyrannosaur on Tyrannosaur on King uh, Kong such a cool fight scene. was awesome. Such a cool uh, scene. So there's some really cool... On the island, there's some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Um, another one... I don't even know if this is a reboot or a remake. Y'all decide for me on this. I love... I loved Hook. I thought about Hook, actually. Mm-hmm. I, it was such a fun movie. But would it be it, a sequel, though, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It would be... Yeah, that's... That's why it, I didn't see it on any lists. Like, I thought of it, and that's why I didn't... I don't know. Because I wasn't sure if it would count remake or not. Or, I think that would be a sequel. It would probably be a sequel. But it's well, a weird reboot sequel. Sure. Like, so maybe there's an asterisk next to it, but I, I kind of wanted to just bring yeah. it up, because I really enjoyed Hook, especially as a kid. Yeah. Um, I also wrote on Rise of the Planet of the Apes, X-Men First Class. I think yeah. they did a good job rebounding that franchise. Yeah, agree completely. Um, you may or may not, I think you might agree with me on this. I think Batman Begins was. It was. It was. You know, a, it was a good. I reboot. think it was really good. It was but a I good think reboot. that you liked it. Okay. I did. I yeah. did. I did actually. Um, and then uh, a little, a couple other ones I want to kind of point out. World of the Worlds uh, was a good one. It was. It was. And uh, even though it was a TV series, Twenty One Jump Street. Um, that was a. Those are good fun call. movies. Good call. They are. Those were surprising. I thought this was surprisingly be terrible. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Once I saw it was gonna be Channing Tatum and they were gonna make Twenty One Jump Street a straight up comedy, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be terrible!" And it was actually really hilarious. They, they did a good job with those. Uh, I have another list of movies I did not know were remakes, but I'll save that till afterwards in case you all bring them up. Okay. Rachel, some honorable mentions before we get to our number ones. I really don't have a lot of honorable mentions just because I apparently don't like too many remakes. <laughs> I did have The Ring on my list. I had Scarface on my list, but I brought Scarface up, I think, in the last episode, so I didn't want to bring it up again. I mean, there's a ton a ton of remakes, but those were the only ones, and, and the one that I'm sure that you probably have on your list that I don't want to bring up yet. My honorable mentions, I had a lot. Uh, I'll just hit kind of my top ones. I actually had The Thing was close. Uh, King Kong was close uh, for me as well. Some other ones, Bedazzled. The uh, the comedy with Elizabeth Hurley and uh, Brendan Fraser, I actually just thought That's was a funny. Remake? That was a remake, surprisingly. The Blob, the '80s version of The Blob. Let Me In was a really good remake of Let the Right One In. Father of the Bride, The Birdcage, starring Robin Williams. I am Legend. I didn't know that was a remake. Yeah, Bird that Cage. was a remake. I really, I love the Birdcage. La Cage de Falles yeah. is the original. Hmm. I am Legend. Uh, the Will Smith zombie movie is a remake didn't of The Last that. Man on Earth. Quarantine was a cool remake of Wreck. Uh, I also had Little Shop of Horrors as an honorable mention. Funny Games was a really good remake made by the same director and writer, but it was a foreign film. 
a German or Austrian film, and he remade it for American audiences just a couple years later. Also Unfaithful, starring Diane Lane and Richard Gere. Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise, Cameron Diaz, and Penelope Cruz. What's that a remake of? Um, it's not called Vanilla Sky. No, is it? it's 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 a Spanish movie. Okay, and I can't remember the. I've it's always like, wondered what that was because I did not know that till recently. Yeah, I also had Star Trek on here. I also had X Men First Class, The Amazing Spider Man, The Incredible Hobbit. We decided not. I decided not to do comic book films. All right, so Jacob, your number one favorite remake or oh, reboot of all time. Is it okay, real quick, if I just read off some of these movies that I didn't know oh, were remakes? Yeah. I didn't know Scarface was a remake. Um, so that was kind of cool. In fact, was the original Scarface about Al Pacino? Al Pacino. Al, Al <laughs> I didn't know it wasn't. No, it, they're basically two completely different. Completely movies. different movies. Okay. You've seen, seen, seen them? It was. I have seen it. It was. Uh, it was starring like Hudson. I want to say Hudson Hawk, but that's the Bruce Willis movie. But it's somebody <laughs> like that. It, it was made in the '30s, uh-huh. and so it's it's the kind of the same rags to riches. But that's the only really similar element okay. is that it's kind of a rags to riches mafia story. But everything else is wildly different. See, I just want to say Hudson 1932. Hawk. 1932. It's starring Paul Muni and who is the director? Sorry, bear with Howard Hawks, not Hudson Hawk. Howard Hawks movie. <laughs> yeah, I was impressed that you actually watched it. But I didn't know it was a remake. Um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is a remake mm-hmm. of a movie called Bedtime Story. And, of course, I'm a big Dirty Rotten Scoundrel That's fan. That's a great Didn't movie. know that. So I actually might be worth watching because I love the premise behind Dirty Rotten Scoundrel. Oh, yeah. Everyone's just scamming everyone. Yeah. So to watch the original might be a lot of fun. Uh, did y'all, Do you remember 13 Assassins came out about 2010 yes. or 11? Yeah. Yes. Um, that's a remake. And I really liked, I I really liked the, um, that version of it. So if it's a remake, that could be pretty cool. The Departed is apparently a remake. I knew that. Uh, and pretty that, cool. Uh, Internal Affairs, I think, is what it was based on. The Japanese or... Heat is a remake of a TV show called L.A. Takedown, a 1989 TV series. Yeah, by Michael that. Mann. Michael Mann, uh, did you did you read further into it? No. Michael Mann wrote and directed both Heat and L.A. Takedown. L.A. Takedown was kind of his rough draft version of Heat, and it was a TV movie, and he further fleshed it out later on, and it became Heat. Did not know that. Yeah. Uh, the Magnificent Seven is a remake of... Uh, Kurosawa's Seven Samurai, yeah, Seven Samurai yeah. and I I love The Magnificent Seven yeah. growing up that was always a I actually you know, like Brenner it's a cool movie I actually like it more aren't than Seven Samurai re, aren't they remaking that movie again they are yeah, yeah. The Father of the Bride I I, for, I, I I guess I completely forgot that was a remake I like that but movie but the Steve Martin version is, yeah. is great it is and then the last one I want to bring up is on purpose I'd say this for last because we really Screwed the pooch on not bringing up True Lies last week on our action, mm-hmm. our top action movies. Not even like as an honorable uh, honorable mention. True Lies is a remake of a French film called Lo Totale. I didn't know that. Uh, 1991 film, which True Lies came out in what, 92, 94? Yeah. But uh, True Lies was a really good action movie. Yeah, I it was. I actually wrote it down last week and completely forgot about it. I asked someone else. Uh, who was a big Bloodsport fan, a guy I work with, yes. uh, telling you about. I My said, what's your, I said, what's your favorite action movie? He goes, it's it's True Lies. True Lies. And I was like, and not, not a Van Damme movie? Like, no, True Lies. But, so, and I respect his opinion more than both of yours. So, <laughs> well, I, was, I don't even know the guy, but he, he loves Blood, or he watched Bloodsports. Yeah, so, so I, I just wanted to bring that up too. So that that's it for me as uh, honorable mention and the movies I did not know were remakes. Yeah, no, those those were some, some good movies. No, I bet you the original True Lies though didn't have Jamie Lee Curtis and panties there, right? 
Oh yeah, that, Savage is that not was a nearly, classic dance scene. Not nearly as good. That was a hilarious dance scene. Uh, uh, Schwarzenegger nailed it on the he, comedy he, on that one. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> I was watching Jamie Lee Curtis. I was going to say I was watching Jamie Lee Curtis. Jake. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're watching, but I was watching Jamie Lee. Jacob, your number one favorite remake or reboot of all time is. I think y'all are going to be kind of shocked by this one. I, I don't know why I love it so much, and this was a top five movie of mine for a long time, and it's still not. I, it goes in there every once in a while, but it's Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 version. Really? Directed by Joe Wright. That is shocking. Yeah. I like the movie. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I did not expect... This is a totally random one, but I love I love Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice. And a lot of people have issues with it cuts out a lot from the novel, which I hate that I haven't read the novel, but I, I love this story, period. First of all, I think Jane Austen writes men very well and how people can be misinterpreted. Uh, Mr. Darcy, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe in a way I can even find some sort of relation to that from a certain perspective. Maybe that's why I like that. But uh, let's see. Let me read this off so I can just get it out of the way. Pride and Prejudice has been made, remade and remade a ridiculous amount of time. So as far as movies go, there's a 1940s version, there's a 2003 version, and of course we have this 2005 version. There's TV miniseries, 1995, 1980, 2014, 1967, 1952, and then there was also just a straight-up TV series in 1967. Now, the 1995 version I have seen, and it's starring uh, Jennifer L. I don't want to say her last name, L.A. L., but she's in Zero Dark Thirty. She's the one mm. who gets kind of killed there in the um, middle, yeah. and then she's also in King's Speech. And it's also starring Colin Firth, who plays a pretty good Mr. Darcy, I yeah. guess. But going back to the 2005 version with, with Joe Wright, I was a, a giant Joe Wright fan after I saw this movie because this guy very quietly does some amazing tracking shots. He's a great director as far as cinematography goes. But then I saw him do a couple of other movies like The Celloist and uh, Anna Karenina. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this guy is like bipolar as can be. I don't have a clue what to expect from the new Pan movie. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm still excited about it because this guy is so gifted at, oh, and Hannah was the other one that was just uh, like, I don't yeah. know what to think of Hannah when it came out, especially since he usually does period pieces, yeah. like, you know, Atonement and things like that. But um, Keira Knightley, I've never been a huge Keira Knightley fan, and I think people were really upset that she was casted in the role. The big deal is that, can she be plain? Right. Uh, Elizabeth Bennett is supposedly a plain, you know, character, and Keira Knightley's a really good-looking woman. Yeah. And uh, I think she nails it. Uh, I think Rosamund Pike again, another just stunning woman. Oh yeah, she's you know lady. playing you know you know Mary Bennett. And I believe I'm sorry, uh, Jane Bennett. And I believe that she actually is pretty in the book. Um, anyway, this the story is amazing, and it could be just the story that I love so much, not about the reboot. But right. I do have to go back to Joe Wright's directing in this. That he does some real tricky camera work, especially in the beginning where it kind of shows a. Uh, Keira Knightley walking around the house and you'll see like clotheslines kind of just flashing in front of the screen and that'll be a wipe actually we don't realize it's a wipe but it looks like one big tracking shot another really cool scene is when they're all at a party uh, dancing whatnot and the camera just walks in in and out throughout the whole party as they're doing different conversations from different characters throughout it uh, whether it's uh, the two little sisters played by Jenna Malone and uh, oh by the way Carrie Mulligan's first movie oh yeah whether they're all like being all giggly and whatnot and then it kind of pans over to you know Donald Sutherland getting on to the other little daughter and then it kind of pans over to Keira Knightley and her and uh, Rosamund Pike you know and and having a conversation then it kind of moves over again to like the mother just being gossiping and doing her whole little role bit 
I don't know how long it's been since y'all seen the movie. Uh, have you seen it any time in the last 10 years? I saw um, it when it first came out, and then I probably saw it on DVD a couple years later. Well, so it's probably been a good seven years or so, I would guess. Well, the uh, the uh, the the miniseries that came out in '95, it's like four or five hours. Because when I when I watched this movie, I was kind of obsessed, and I wouldn't watch that version of it. Um, I watched this 2005 probably back to back. Plus, I was watching all the behind the scenes, all the you know director's cut stuff. I, don't, I was just fascinated by the whole thing. Because I never really knew the story, and um, you fanboyed. Pride and I was nuts. So about random. Pride and it's so random. And I know this is, is so, very bizarre. It's so unexpected. And, you know, I feel like this needs to be addressed more. Like, hey, hey uh, I'm a dude, and I like sports, and, and no, I know, and, I know, and all that stuff. And, and watching uh, all as far as you know, and, and I'm sure if we ever do romances, this will probably spoil that. But fine, whatever. I I think it's a great movie. Oh, I loved Good it. I actually, and, I gave it an eight point five. Uh, yeah. So. I, I liked it a lot as well. Did you like Pride and Prejudice? I'm not even entirely sure that I saw it. Wow. That's okay. I mean, I, she's a dude girl. I'm a dude girl. This is a period piece about a love story. Yeah. It, it just, it had you no and me, interest. It didn't even interest me enough to even see it. So if, I don't If you ever see it, keep in mind, like, how you want to, like, like the title of the movie, just, um, judge certain characters and how they are and how they're written. That's what's kind of really fascinating. And what about Mr. Wickham? Mr. Wickham? What excuse can you give for your, your behavior towards him? You take an eager interest in that gentleman's He concerns. told me of his misfortunes. Oh, yes, his misfortunes have been very great indeed. You ruin his chances and yet you treat him with sarcasm. So this is your opinion of me. Thank you for explaining so fully. Perhaps these offenses might have been overlooked had not your pride been hurt my by my pride. honesty and admitting scruples about our relationship. Could you expect me to rejoice in the inferiority of your circumstances? And those are the words of a gentleman. From the first moment I met you, your arrogance and conceit, your selfish disdain for the feelings of others, made me realize that you were the last man in the world I could ever be prevailed upon to marry. Forgive me. Madam, for taking up so much of your time. I mean, I, I know the story, so at some point I have seen A Pride and Prejudice, because yeah. I would have read it. Let's not be ridiculous. Yeah. I've seen some version of it. That may have been the one that I saw. I'm, yeah. I'm honestly not sure. But now that I pointed it out, pay attention to the, the directing in this. It's, it's really fascinating. Joe Wright did a, a beautiful job, especially for a book that he had to chop out pieces. Keep that in mind when you watch it. I, that's my number one. I, I love. Really Pride. passionate about it. Yeah, I know you really, really. I think you. you I got might more start crying. About, more passionate about that than anything else you talked about on the show. Uh, it was, was just pretty, so surprising. It wasn't on any list or anything like that, and I was like, "Well, you know, is it a reboot since it's based off of some, you know, a famous novel?" Yeah. But because that's why I read off all the movies and miniseries and and whatnot because oh, it's been done so many times. It and, definitely counts. And um, I felt like it at least needed to be brought up. Yeah, no, it definitely qualifies. I, I didn't see it on any list either. It was a great movie. That's a good choice. I'm just surprised by it. <laughs> Rachel, your number one favorite remake or reboot of all time is? Insomnia. Now that I love. Obvious. For well, obvious reasons. I thought yours yeah. would be Scarface. But we just talked about it, so I thought you were going to leave it off. Yeah. I Yeah, I did. Okay. I left Scarface off. But yeah, Insomnia was, was really good. It's about... 
Al Pacino is the lead character. I, I don't know how much I should say about it because I don't want to spoil anything and I honestly don't remember where in the timeline things happen. I've only like, seen I it know. once and I don't really remember it. So I remember parts of it, so I won't help as far as the spoiling Well, he's goes. a detective that's sent to Alaska to investigate a murder. Things kind of go awry. Uh, Robin Williams is in this movie as like a a bad guy. No, he's or... definitely a creepy bad guy. You yeah. can say that. It's, okay. There's no doubt that he's creepy I kind guy. of... This is probably weird for Robin Williams fans. I kind of like him in bad guys roles. That because like I, one hour photo. He, yeah, he plays a creep really well. He plays Even a creep. I can't stand him in bad guy roles. I, hate I him like in bad it guy because roles. to me it it forces him to rein in. Sometimes Robin Williams can get so like ADD on stuff that yeah. he's like a kid that somebody gave too much sugar to. I'll agree with you on that. Um, and so when he plays bad guy <laughs> or roles, cocaine. He, exactly. <laughs> so when he plays bad guys bad guys he has to kind of focus all of his energy elsewhere and he becomes a lot less ADD but I really liked him in this of course Al Pacino was fantastic in it as well I don't know how much detail to go into oh I I love it it came out in 2002 it was uh, Christopher Nolan's follow up to Memento and really loved by the critics Uh, it was a box office hit the the premise is really cool. It was based on it was Scandinavian or Sweden uh, was the original film, and it starred uh, Stellan Sarsgaard uh, was in the original, played the Pacino character. Uh, also a good film. Both of them really good. Uh, I think I I do really? like the remake because I looked at that poster today and Sarsgaard looked like a freak. He looked he looked kind of scary on the cover. Yeah. So he's Pacino's character. Yeah, it's. Maybe I'm wrong. maybe I'm remembering it wrong because it's been so long. I saw it right after I watched the original or the remake. I watched the original. The thing I love about Insomnia so look much. Look at him on the cover. Yeah, he's he's but yeah, he plays the Pacino character. He's 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 a creeper. But the atmosphere is so great. Nolan creates a great atmosphere, and then the Pacino, Robin Williams, uh, the scenes they share together, the acting is so good. And the premise is so cool. Pacino's not getting any sleep. It's a small town in Alaska. It's always bright, so he can't get any sleep. Uh, Hillary Swanks, the young cop, he takes under the wing. Uh, it's, a, it's a really good crime, thriller, mystery movie. That's a great choice. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> I appreciate that. My number one favorite remake reboot of all time is also an Al Pacino movie. I'm an Al Pacino buff. Uh, and and I I didn't want my list to be all Al Pacino because I could have included like we said Heat was technically a remake of L.A. Takedown, uh, Scarface was technically a remake even though they're wildly different movies, and then Insomnia. So I just chose one Pacino movie, and my favorite is Sin of a Woman. Nailed 1992. it. 1992. I didn't know that. Uh, 1992, nominated for Best Picture. It was a remake of Profumo di Donna, which is an Italian movie. You know. Perfume, Cinema Woman. Pacino finally won the Oscar after eight nominations. Should have won for multiple films before that. Yeah, I don't think he should have won for this movie. Well, it was between <laughs> him and... Since. That's what gave us yeah. hoo See, but hoo was... Gr- okay, let me defend hoo real quick. He was playing... That's actually like what those military guys say. It's like a military thing. So like he hung out with all these military guys in preparation. And they always said that. So he picked it up and included it in the character. And yes, because of that performance, since he did do some some hammy type roles and started doing you know that character type in some movies, but this film in and of itself 
he is so good in. It was between him and Denzel Washington for Malcolm X that year. It really could have gone either way. Probably it was a it was a makeup for them screwing him over for Godfather, Godfather Two, Dog Day Afternoon, and Serpico. Just some of the biggest movies of all time, <laughs> but no biggie. Uh, so so it was kind of a makeup Oscar, but I was okay with it because he was due. But he was so good, and the movie is so good. You know, the movie is well loved by both critics and audiences. There is there is a, a small minority who thinks it's a little too um, emotionally manipulative, a little little too cheesy almost. Because, you know, there's the big speeches. That would be my and, argument because I'm not a big Chris O'Donnell fan. Right. And, and he's such a Boy Scout throughout the movie. Right. And that's and that that's one of the arguments against it. But Pacino is so good. And, and I love – I just love the movie. There's so many good scenes. And, of course, I love the big speech at the end, you know, at the school. Mr. Sims, you are a cover-up artist and you are a liar. But not a snitch. Excuse me? No, I don't think I will. Mr. Slade. This is such a crock of shit. Please watch your language, Mr. Slade. You are in the Barrett School, not a barracks. Mr. Sims, I will give you one final opportunity to speak up. Mr. Sims doesn't want it. He doesn't need to be labeled still worthy of being a bad man. What the hell is that? What is your motto here? Boys, inform on your classmates, save your hide. Anything short of that, we're going to burn you at the stake? Well, gentlemen, when the shit hits the fan, some guys run and some guys stay. Here's Charlie facing the fire, and there's George hiding in Big Daddy's pocket. And what are you doing? You're going to reward George and destroy Charlie. Are you finished, Mr. Slade? No, I'm just getting warmed up. In this movie, I mean, not only does that Pacino has a young Philip Seymour Hoffman, one of his first roles. Uh, Isn't he kind of the punk kid? He's the punk kid. He's young, rich Charlie Jr. hiding in Big Daddy's pockets. (laughs) But yeah, my number one favorite remake reboot of all time, Cinnabon, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's, It's such a great mix of drama and comedy, and uh, it's a feel-good movie. It's, it's really a, a real good feel-good movie. So, that is my number one. Anything else you guys would like to oh, add? Next week. Next week, I am pumped. We are going to review NWA's Straight Outta Compton on our review podcast. <laughs> and for the top five version, since Straight Outta Compton is coming out next week... We'll probably do our top five music-related movies. I was, I was thinking that. Or maybe musicians turn actors. That could be cool. Something like could that. Be cool. So I, I, don't, I have no clue, Ice what Cube? To ex- I have no clue what to expect from this movie. Uh, yeah, speaking of him, I was watching the, uh, what, Three Kings the other night. Such a good movie. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Ice, Ice Cube. Cube's a pretty good little actor, actually. He has his moments, Yeah, he has great sure. in Are We There Yet. Yeah, and in 22 <laughs> Jump Street. That's, that's a joke. <laughs> and Friday, come on. Do you know, do you know much about NWA, or did you listen to it when you were li- watching Star Trek? I'm, I'm a white girl who grew up on Christian music, okay. so no, I don't have a deep connection to NWA. Okay. Like, I, I, under, I appreciate music, so I understand... From the what, impact they had on music, and I know a few of their songs, but I wasn't a huge yeah. NWA fan. From from what we know, um, it's getting good reviews so far. Yeah, it it's is. A, it's a 
uh, around 90% the last I saw. When I first saw this trailer drop several months ago, I was pretty stoked. And then someone was like, that movie doesn't look good. And I was like, really? No, it looks really good. I think it looks intriguing. I think yeah. it would be a lot of fun. Do we know who's directing it? I, You know what? I knew this because I've been so into this movie. And I looked it up at, at one time and I forget. I'm going to look it up and you're going to edit out this part where we're looking it up. Probably. Yeah, I know who directed it. Jacob, I'm glad you asked. It's uh, F. Gary Gray uh, is the director who also uh, directed uh, some other things. The like Italian Job, yeah. The Negotiator, and Friday. Be Cool, Speaking of... Sitting, Citizen, huh. Man Apart. Well, we'll see. I'm pretty stoked about it. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I think it's going to be good, and I'm pumped about it. And you'll listen next week to our top five list. Uh, they'll have something to do with, with music or rap. Thank you for tuning in to this show. We will see you next week.